Hello, Tom. It's been a long time since I've been with you and had this pleasure and honour to interview you. I'm Jackie Roberts, for anybody who's listening and hasn't uh, come across me for a while. Tom and I go back many, many years. And I'm absolutely honoured, as I say, to be here to find out more about soul waves and to maybe get Tom to spill some beans, perhaps. But for those who don't know Tom yet, Tom, perhaps you could give us a little bit of background to your um, coming to Soul Waves and the book, um, the, our future history, um, but by giving us a past history first. <laughs> so, yeah, so actually you met me through 100 Years of Ermintrude, didn't you? My first published book. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, and that, I think that was about 2006, 2007. Now, okay. before, before I wrote Ermintrude, I wrote a novel, which I never published. It's called Soul Waves. <laughs> and, uh, I, was in, I was in South Africa on holiday in a place called Hog Hollow near Plettenberg um, on the garden, which is absolutely lovely. And we're in this, this, this cavern where every, every morning we had monkeys running across the roof. That was our alarm call. And I was having a shower. And I turned around, and in the shower was this tarantula. And it was so big, I, could, I also imagine it looked at me. So uh, I, got, I sort of jumped out very, uh, very gingerly so it wouldn't chase after me, then got reception to come to get it. And they found out it was a baboon tarantula, and it wouldn't have killed me, but it would have given me a nasty nip. Anyway, so I calmed down with a couple of strong gin and tonics. And at the time, I was, <laughs> uh, I, I was uh, reading this book by Teilhard de Chardin called The Phenomenon of Man. And I was really into sort of metaphysical and latest scientific books at the time. And this brainwave came in. It was like a light bulb moment. Um, all these books that I'm reading, which are quite complex, how about if I just got this big pile of books together and summarised it into a novel that people that would never get into this could read? And being a novel, it would make it more acceptable, more readable <clears throat> and more digestible. So I mind map all the things I kind of knew or had my fingers in. And I went, there it is. That's, that's all the stuff I want to um, get in. I didn't do anything with it at the time when I was on holiday. But by the time I got back, I went, okay, there's a story. I can, I can do a story. So I wrote this very linear, <clears throat> excuse me, what happened next story about it all. And I did release it as a, sh a bit of it as a short story in about 2011. You can still find that on the internet. Uh -huh. But then... Um, on my and, and then all these other books got in the way so i got into um, um helping people out with writer's block people started to approach me to help them write books i became a book right <clears throat> and and then i started putting meditations together with my books and i thought i was an author with meditations on the side then the wonderful app insight timer found me back in 2015 and the meditations have taken off um and on my 59th birthday I spent it at my best friend from school's funeral, Brian Doherty. And I thought, I'd better get this book published by the time I'm 60, just in case I'm not around. And then the wonderful <laughs> yes, chap called Lawrence Udell turned up and he wanted to write this book. Um, he'd helped me, wanted me to help him write a book. Uh, ended up, with, we co-authored it and it became The Big You. That's my last book, that I, non, last non-fiction book I did. So that got in the way, uh, uh, and then I then I moved house. Other things happened in the family, um, what have you, and I finally, finally got it out this January. And but by, by that this time, I'd completely rewritten it. So originally, the um, I don't want to put any spoilers in, but the, the the granddaughter in one of the granddaughters in the book was the the central heroine, and then um, uh, Shen, 
was like just in the background, almost right. secretively, didn't hardly make an appearance. But in the in the in the new book, he was just, he's a central character. Yeah. Wow, what a l- so the books had a heck of a life. I mean, it's an adolescent now, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like all things. It's it's kind of reincarnated in a way, I guess, hasn't it? It was alive nearly, had a little peek into the world. Um, just put its head above the parapet. I got about uh, seven or eight nice reviews for the short story version saying, you know, more from this writer in this genre. So it gave me confidence to go ahead. Um, but all the time I was writing all the other books, I was getting to be a better writer. I was learning the craft of, of writing, which is good. And I, in the middle of it, I did also produce one book of short stories called The Germanatrix. And, and I really realized that I like storytelling. And if I think about it, all my meditations are really stories for the mind. Oh, absolutely. What was the most challenging aspect of writing the book? I mean, really, because the plot goes this size and there, it does cover so, so, so many fields. I mean, I commented the other day that actually I sit with one eye on your book and the other eye on Google going, which of this is true and which isn't? <laughs> I think uh, one of the biggest things I had to do was to stop writing because it's, I, I've really cut down, you know, it, it, it covers quite a span of years. In linear years, it goes from 2059 to 2109. Mm-hmm. But then there's, there's billions of years of prequel, which I allude to. And there's, there's at least 150,000 years of postquill, if that's a word. Yeah. So I go into the future. Um, uh, yeah, I don't wanna, and again, I don't want to spoil the plot. So it spans a, a vast amount of space and time. Mm. And obviously I've had to do, in, in the same way I did Ermintrude when it, it started at 100 and went down to, to zero, this woman's life. And I did like, here's 100, here's 95, here's 90, here's 85 snapshots. I had to snapshot quite a lot of it. Yeah. In all the detail, and obviously that does lead to well, I can always do um, a sequel, sort of prequel later, and what have you. But because if you make it too too big, then people just don't read it. It's too much of a a, a thing to pick up, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, so much of what's involved has been has happened since you started writing it. So you started fifteen years ago, and there's been so much modern technology and and updated things and all the space stuff that's all changed in the period while while the book has been incubating if you like and and yeah, and mort- yeah. morphing well there's a, there's a lot of prescience in it if you think about the, in in science fiction writers there's a huge history of people being prescient so the classic one is in star trek they have this thing called a communicator and we've <laughs> all got one now you know yeah. we haven't got teleportation quite yet but we are scientists are teleporting particles mm. and they they've teleported planet uh, particles off planet now and back again so just on 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 a one subatomic particle basis so the theory is there you know yeah um and so uh and, but but other scientists fiction right you know, george orwell 1984 all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff the ministry of truth well we've kind of got one of those nowadays haven't we oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes <laughs> exactly um, uh, you know, science fiction are always diving into the, the future i robot with asimov heinlein uh, ursula Le Guin and what have you so so i'm i'm honored to be in that kind of area also there's huge lots of homage to douglas adams who you know and a lot of douglas adams stuff now yeah. is actually in our language you know we all say what's the answer to the life universe everything it's 42 it can't be anything else can it 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's really funny because we used to say to my father, what was your favorite age? And he always said 42, but he never read Douglas Adams. So it it literally was his favorite age. I used to just quite. Yeah. It becomes the popular zeitgeist, you know, the same way that babel fish, you know, you put this fish inside your ear and it translates. Well, actually we're not far off having mobile phones that will translate live with AI. Yes. Yeah. So, so some of it wasn't, isn't too much of a leap of imagination. Hence the reason I use Google so much because I know that so much of it will be true or almost there. Yeah. And the science fiction writer, what the science fiction writer does, let's say someone who wrote stuff in the sixties mm-hmm. when we only just had integrated circuits, it, we had to wait for a big revolution in microelectronics for then they're almost like it could be their grandchildren to read that book and then imagineer something on the basis on the back of it all if you know what I mean so if soul waves did nothing else but just put sent some seeds for people in 20 30 40 50 years time to say well, actually i'm going to build one of those now absolutely and that, that is a genius would do you think that's partially that well no no i'm going to ask that way what is the purpose of the book what do you have as your real purpose of the book oh that's a great question thank you for asking that yeah so the real purpose isn't about forecasting the future or doom no. and gloom or anything like that i don't want to spoil the end of the book which isn't really the end anyway um uh, but it's about saying we live on this amazing planet mm. we're very lucky to be here there's not much of the universe the known universe which is conscious and what have you yet so we all this infighting that's going on we've had it recently with brexit and what have you just there's still wars we had a, a massive war 100 years ago we had another big war in the middle, and then there's been lots of wars in between mm-hmm. um, and all the money that which is which has been spent on if you like on on the military it could have been spent in other ways um and uh, and and we could find discover how to be instead of planetary abusers how to be planetary guardians but mainly to realize that if it wasn't for a certain set of conditions in the universe in the first place let's say the big bang or there's there's a debate whether we actually had a big bang um but if if stars didn't die we wouldn't be here having this conversation right now so it's the appreciation of the cycle of life and death and how this goes on just beyond our own personal karma but from a a planetary perspective from a solar system's perspective from a galactic perspective and just to people to look up at the stars and just appreciate um the the majesty the majesty of the cosmos that we live in oh that's lovely. amazing yeah. oh no that is that's yes and you do get that sense you know it's a bit you can read when you're reading the book it's a bit like um that picture that you see the first the first astronauts who looked down at earth and were blown away, you know, because they, nobody had ever looked at earth before to see the blue and green planet. And that comes over very strongly in the book, I feel. Well, also the other shot, which is amazing, was the first time the Apollo astronauts, these these didn't land on the moon. The first ones that went and looped around the moon and they saw the earth rise above the moon's surface. That was like uh, realizing that we got this little jewel, blue green jewel, the thinness of the atmosphere you know, yeah. it's, it's tiny and uh, so we're only here that atmosphere is, is it could be blown away in an instant it could just disappear on mars in fact the, the the gravity is so low on mars that it has trouble holding on to the atmosphere wow yeah yeah i mean some of those facts some of the facts you come out with about space are just like holy mackerel um you know it's 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 fantastic now let's go back just one there it's called soul waves mm-hmm What's the soul wave? Well, 
you know the scientists talk about this missing dark energy and, and matter yes yeah, so there's been yeah, something so about that recently as well hasn't there yeah, four percent of the known universe is is what we call baryonic matter, which is the actual, the, the matter in in the the the, nucle the nucleus of an atom, the electrons and this sort of stuff. And there and even there are only waves as well. And then there's massive space in between. There's more space in an atom than there is atom. And obviously, okay. we're composed of atoms and molecules, so there's more space in us than there is us. If you know what I mean. So there's <laughs> you're only four percent of the person you really are, Jackie. No, that's not true. But <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> sometimes um, i wonder if i'm even that <laughs> so it's there's a tradition in materialistic science to, to think everything's cause and effect so you know you, you hit a billiard ball that hits another billiard ball and under some mathematical formula we can predict the, the path of the other billiard balls and what have you um and that the universe is a cold sterile place um and we're this strange phenomenon us and other life forms on the planet we're the strange phenomenon which pushes which, which, which has come to life, if you know what I mean, and that's yeah. just a, a coincidence. So a soul wave is the missing dark energy and matter, and the premise behind it, and it's only conjecture and fun, right? So I've got no mathematical proof of it. I haven't done any uh, any quantum physical uh, uh, um, research or whatever. Um, that that soul waves are that energy, and the the energy these this energy goes right across space and time. It's faster than light, and it connects your soul to my soul your soul in previous lives to my soul your soul in future lives to my soul my soul to my future lives um uh, the planet to the moon the moon to the planets the planets to the stars the stars to other stars and then the galaxies to galaxies so it's the it's the fabric upon which uh, everything we see is is based on and everything is conscious yes there's a great book by uh, Armit Goswami, and I'll put the pod, his podcast he was on the show called "The Self-Aware Universe." I'll put the podcast down down below. And uh, so there are some scientists, some enlightened scientists, and I hope to have Armit back on the show shortly. And another guy called Irvin Laszlo is amazing. I hope to have him on the show to talk about this. So there's another emerging theory that the universe is conscious, and then soul waves. I've just used that as a lyrical way of describing what that fabric might be made of. And it kind of describes all those coincidences, why we bumped into each other all those that time ago, why these happenstances work. Now, even if they're not true, mm -hmm. if we imagine that they might be, you seem to live a more blissful, lucky life. And if yes, that works for you... Yes, because it's not you searching, I think. Yeah, and who, if, if it's needs... anything that brings you a little bit of mind calm... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So who needs who needs proof if it just kind of works, if you know what I mean? So it's a bit, it falls into the category of faith and what have you. But it's, it's also, you know, I'm not trying to preach this to anybody. There's no soul wave religion or anything like that. There's no set of rules. In fact, we just opened a Facebook group, haven't we? And, and one, of the, one of the rules are there are no rules. There are no rules apart from <laughs> be mindful, be kindful, and another one. And radiate soul warmth. Exactly exactly and in fact that's a nice thing what it radiates soul warmth teach us how to do radiate soul warmth mm. it's just lovely now something else you're doing in conjunction and prompted i think by um the book which is so full and so rich is you have become a composer yeah well i've, I've been doing these meditations for some time and uh, I've always used other great composers' uh, background music. Uh, a lovely bloke in Australia I've never met called Christopher Lloyd Clark, 
uh, amazing guy, Ludwig Zimbrelius, who comes with the name of Eternal. I've used a lot of his music uh, mm. in my. Um, and um, one of the things that people that haven't written a book find hardest is to actually write and publish the book. Yes. And then once you've published the book, one of the hardest things to do is then to tell people about it. Now, I happen to be fortunate that through my uh, all of the free meditations I put out on Insight Timer, I've got quite a following on there now. So it's become like, it's become a social network, really. I, I interact with everybody who listens to a meditation. If they leave a review, I, I interact with them. Lots of them have come over. Some have become clients. Some have ended up reading Solway. So I thought, wouldn't it be a nice idea if I just put out a meditation or two every every month or every month, as we call it? Every <laughs> Um, uh, and then, and, and I say this, this is inspired by the book. So, you know, Jeff, Jeff Lynn did this with War of the Worlds and um, a, a much better album, by the way, is by a group called Cam Camel, who were this prog rock group, who were not very really well heard of, but amazing musicians from the okay. 70s and 80s and 90s, still going now, actually. They did a, a book, uh, an album inspired by Paul Gallico's Snow Goose, which mm. is beautiful and recommended yeah. to everybody. Um, so I thought, well, I don't do an album inspired by the... Um, book uh, now that's easy for me to say now the number 12 is important in the book but i won't mention it while on the podcast i want you to read the book so no. there's 12 okay. tracks over the next 12 months yeah and i will pick a certain a section of the book that's inspired me now that's so i've said that right and now i've got no skills whatsoever know how to do this so i'm going like how do i do this i need to find somebody who can teach me um, how to do it all now in the soul wave driven world that person just turns up so I've just moved house back in, uh, moved house permanently about six months ago. Yeah. I thought I must pick up the old guitar. Being quite, I was quite uh, good at classical guitar for mm -hmm. a while, very mm -hmm. rusty now. So I go into Google, find out local guitar teacher, a lovely bloke called Piers Ward, who's actually in the, the, the Facebook group, who turns out to be not only a fabulous guitarist, but also someone that can teach the theory of composition. Oh, wow. So he's mentoring like me right now. I've got, I've got the idea. So I said, look, how do you make that sound? You know, so I'll give you a good example. Um, just doing track two right now. Track, track three uh -huh. is going to be called the um, Grand Tour. And in the book, it, um, our hero goes around the physical world, you know. Uh -huh. And so he ends up in Reykjavik in, in Iceland. That's not a spoiler. And, yep. he, and he meets the love of his life. Mini spoiler. Uh, goes, <laughs> goes across Europe through, uh, through Middle East into India and over to his home in China. Uh -huh. So what we're going to do is, is there's, there's a thing called modes in music where, you know, you say, oh, that sounds Arabian, that sounds Spanish, that sounds... So he's teaching me the theory of that next. And we're going to do a little composition that goes all across the musical modes. So the music kind of describes the physical journey as well. Now, I'm getting educated at the same time. I've got myself, got myself one of these, which you can, uh, can just see that, which is a, a MIDI keyboard and... Uh -huh. uh, where to go with it and i've got a new guitar which plugs straight in and all this sort of stuff so i'm having fun uh -huh. starting a wave and then the first track went live on the first full moon of january called insertion that describes the bit in the book between before pre-incarnation to being in in the mother's womb mm -hmm. and then i put the first i'm doing a set of guided tracks as well about how we could tune into soul waves how we embrace them and the first one went live the other day and someone said and I use the background music from track two in this first guided track one. Sorry to be a bit complicated. Yeah. And someone said, who's the composer? I love the music. 
Well, do you know, it could, I don't think anyone else could have written the music. And even though you thought you couldn't, it is, I, I, I actually sit with it on repeat. It is just so fantastic. Uh -huh. Oh, thank you for that. And, and, and of course, this, this, it doesn't come from me. No, it's it true. In fact, I bumped into this chap, Piers, who's wonderful. And, and, and he's, he, sees what I, he's, he sees what I don't know. Uh -huh. And then as a student, he's taking me through this whole process of, I won't over, he's so complicated. Sometimes my, my brain fries when I go to see you. I say, I think I'm up to about here, Piers. Can we stop, <laughs> stop now? And, and actually, the, the first tracks are really musically very simple. There's not a lot musically going on. You know, I'm not a, it, it, this is not sort of uh, Mozart or Beethoven or even some of the marvellous uh, um, ambient composers on uh, Inside Timer, like uh, Ludwig, like uh, Pablo, um, Gunter, George, uh, Andy Hobson. I'm not, I'm not in, in their league at all, but it doesn't matter because I'm just having fun mm. and, you know, and it's growing. Yeah. And it works for you and your stuff, and it works for those people listening to it quite clearly. So yeah. there is more than, because you have been on this extraordinary, from an engineering, you were an engineer originally, and you have done this extraordinary creative journey. And would you ever have seen yourself writing music and composing and playing? No, and it's, I'm reading a, a book, um, there's a chap called Richard Barrett, you know, there are no coincidences. Now, Richard has been on his own show a couple of times. Uh -huh. he, he, he brings values in a corporate and also a governmental level, at national okay. levels. Um, and he's got the same birthday as me, which is interesting. Uh -huh. um, so he's been on the own show a couple of times. I want to get him back on soon because he wrote a book called What My Soul Told Me. And I had a copy of it and I gave it to someone else a few years ago. I can't remember who's got it. So I bought myself another copy recently. And it's a Bible on how to find your soul's path it's absolutely amazing right? oh and so all that's happened is when you when you when we're born we're kind of almost pre-programmed to forget what it is we came here to do yeah and this is a very loose theory is as you go through life when you hit resistance then that's a, the resistance is a good thing even though it might sound bad at the time mm -hmm. because if you embrace the resistance and go through it you can then evolve to the next level and the next level and that kind of thing yeah when you, when you hit uh, luck like you know meeting you um uh, bumping into peers just at the time you need somebody and i didn't know i needed someone to help me compose at the time i was just wanting to, to learn a bit more guitar because i was a bit mm -hmm. more the old tunes that I knew I didn't know that this other thing is then what happens it all gets unfolded and, and laid out for you and then your suit your true soul purpose can come up so I didn't know I was supposed to be an author I didn't know the author was a meditation guide I didn't know the meditation guide was supposed to become a composer stroke whatever it is now and I know not that's not the end of it so we have this conversation in 10 years time there'll be something else and something I know else. isn't it fascinating yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking that this morning that um I, I stopped doing a lot of um, being involved in perhaps uh, well, doing interviews, any um, coaching. I needed some downtime after mm -hmm. my mother had died and I needed some time out. So I took time out to look after me and I've only just come back in to being myself again, if you like. Mm -hmm. And suddenly the coincidences, synchronicities, timing, and here we are. Um, after just such a short period of time, it just happens very, very quickly. Yeah, and think as about long waves. as you let it. 
you know, we need these peaks and troughs in our yeah. lives. So, you know, yeah. I, I, the reason there's been a, a couple of years delay between the Big U and the Soul Waste Project is lots of things happening with my in-laws that I had to yeah. do, what have you. And I just had to let things sit. And in, in that time, certain things came about to make the actual timing and the release of Soul Waves just perfect. And uh, and lovely lady called Louisa Tanner Munson, I know, you know, she did, um, without me even asking her, she did a, an astrological um, reading on the timing of Soul Waves before she'd read the book. And it is extraordinary. I think she's Mary, yeah, yeah. astounding herself. <laughs> Exactly. We'll pop that down at the down below this interview as well. Yeah, it was an amazing reading, just yeah. amazing. Oh, that's weird. Did you hear that beep? No, I didn't. The beep uh, just came up. Facebook beep came up on my system. I should have had my browser closed. Saying Louisa Tanner Munson has just posted in in the Facebook group. Just happened right now. Oh. And that's that's a, a live example of what happens when you're in this soul wave connected universe. Yeah. That is bonkers. That is fantastic. Well, I love this lovely bonkersness about it all. You know, because it just makes you smile every day. Do you know? It's what makes life go round, and it makes you happy. And I, you start to notice things, and you you notice what's what is working. Um, and even though it's small, it's just something, just such fun. It's yeah. Fun. Well, actually, you know, when we built the group over uh, the last few days, um, I was trying to because I I, re I didn't realise that you could upload a video to Facebook. So I right. thought, I'll just post a few of the original videos in the group so we got some content there. And it wasn't letting me do it. It. I don't know what this it was, right? Uh -huh. And I went, you're not supposed to. Oh, you need to post not a, a, a video which is internal to the private group. You need to post the external link so people in the group can share it. As soon as I put the link in, it went straight in. And so whoever is pulling our strings seems to know how to operate computers and, and seems to know what we're trying to do for our best outcome what have you and sometimes there is another way which includes getting off the internet completely not doing anything not posting anything not looking at the news not looking at the twitter streams and all this sort of stuff and just going out for a dog walk or in your case <laughs> take a year or two out that's yeah. allowed. Mm. And, I, and 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 yes it is allowed and in fact it's probably positively encouraged yeah so yeah. actually um because I had uh, Joanna Penn on uh, recently um, oh, as, as I restarted the, the, the Zone show. And um, she, I've just read her book, Audio for Authors, which is out in, in March. Fantastic mm -hmm. book about anyone that wants to get into using audio right across the spectrum. Right. She said, on your podcast, telegraph on the podcast, who's coming up next? Now, you don't know that next week I'm interviewing Mary Maddox. She's my next guest. She's an insight timer get, um, uh, um, guide. And she's currently having a sabbatical this year. Oh, there you go. She said to me on email, uh, we never met, but we've been uh, dancing around for a while. She said to me, well, maybe I don't want to come on your show because I haven't got anything to advertise. I said, no, well, that's great. Can't we just explore what it's like to be in the sabbatical zone? That'd be fascinating. So I've just telegraphed who the next guest is. There you go, Mary Maddox next week. Oh, marvellous. Well, that sounds great. And the sabbatical zone is, a, is a, such a lovely, lovely place. Exactly. Now, Tom, question that I always like to ask. What question had you hoped I'd ask and I haven't? No, that's a great question. Um, is soul waves true? Oh, well, I actually have that there. And I kind of must have skimmed around it. So, yes, is Soul Waves true? Is it a total fabrication or is it channeled? 
Oh, it's channel. So the, yes. the channeling isn't about um, talking to the dear departed. It's about letting whatever comes into you. So I, I would do with the chapter of soul waves. I'd, I'd say um, I put a date in the diary and I go to meet the chapter and then the story would unfold. And certain things I wrote about really early on when I didn't even know the ending. I didn't know the ending till I got to the very end. Oh, wow. And even the very last line I changed on a change about a day later. And if you then look back at the original story, it really is perfect. And so, so channeling is when you know the future. Now, in one of the events that happens in the book, I needed Mars and the Earth to be on opposite sides of the sun from each other at a time in the future, 150 years in the future. And um, I was mentored by a lady, uh, Mindy Givens Klein at the time. She said, when you're doing writing a book, don't research while you're writing. You'll never finish it. You'll always be on, on, on Wikipedia looking things up. So just put any old date in and then check it later. So I, I found an online solar system, wound the solar system on to the time I wanted in the future. And Mars and Earth were exactly where I wanted to be on that date. No. Now, so there could be, there could be a logical scientific explanation for this is that we're, because we're part of this fabric mm-hmm. connected by soul waves, we are also connected with our future selves. Right. So it wasn't the fact that Tom knew something about something 150 years in the future. I just knew something about when Tom checked that date out a few days in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because you, if, with meditation, you get yourself out of the way. You yeah. allow these thought forms to percolate in. Yeah. And the, pe- the difference between someone that's lucky and not lucky, the one that pays attention to these thoughts. And they go, like, oh, that's not one of mine. So I must pay attention to it. So it is channeled. So then if you extrapolate that out, so I could pick up, let's say a thought form from Tom a few days in the future when I got onto the internet to check out the online solar system. Mm-hmm. Who's to say I've not done everything else in there. And lots of the stuff I wrote back, back in 2005 have already come to pass. So mm-hmm. Elon Musk's uh, Hyperloop, there's a maglev train in, in, in China, uh, certain other upheavals are starting, if you know what I mean, in, in, in the world uh-huh. right now. But most of it I put out in 20, to started in 2059. Yeah. Um, uh, mainly because it'll be one year after I'm 100 if I make it that far. And, 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 two, <laughs> and two, because it is, two, because it's far enough into the future, I didn't want the debate to be about is it true or not. It yeah. is complete, it's completely fictional. Yeah. Right? It is completely fictional. Some of the stuff in there is absolutely bonkers. But when it talks about levitation, bilocation, um, all of those sort of things, um, uh, seeing through space and time, healing uh, by looking through the morphic field. Uh, I've experienced all those things now. And on the Zone Show podcast, I've spoken to loads of other people that have done it too. Yeah. So lots of the modalities in the book, which might sound a bit weird, I've had personal experience of. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but yes, I, those but the, 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 the story is completely fictional about how I've put them into the future. Yes. It's using what you know, what is imagining, yeah. and channeling and experience and, and experience well exactly um so a lot of it is total fabrication and a lot of it is not the story is fabrication some of the factors in the story are based on experience brilliant i can't think of a better way well may the soul wave um increase and increase and increase and crest beautifully as it comes into into shore thank you jackie and thanks for rocking up just at the perfect time Oh, it's been my pleasure as always. Thank you, Tom. 
So thanks to Jackie Walker for turning the tables on me there. And if you'd like to read or listen to Soul Waves of Future History, it's available in hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats at most major outlets. Or come over to www.tomevans.co for the links. <laughs>